0: You're listening to Our Faith, Our Country, the podcast that discusses walking with Christ and ties faith to America's foundation. Here's your host, Jason Bryant Jennings. The general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. That quote coming from former president John Adams, my guests for this episode recently released their book, The Resurrected Jesus, The Church in the New Testament. David Limbaugh and Kristen Limbaugh-Bloom, welcome to Our Faith, Our Country. Thank you. Thanks for having well, for, us, Great to be it. here. David, let me kick this off with you. Why was it important for you to write this book, and what do you hope people take from this book?
1: Two books ago was The True Jesus, where I did a compendium of the Gospels in chronological order. Then the next book was Jesus is Risen, which was the book of Acts and the first six of Paul's epistles, Apostle Paul. This one, just continuing, the remaining seven of Paul's epistles, the, the prison epistles and the pastoral epistles, the ones he wrote from prison in Rome to the churches that he had planted, who were, some of whom were deviating from the gospel, and he had to bring them back, and then uh, the, his letters to his colleagues, Timothy and Titus, were the pastoral epistles. So what we're really doing, there's no magic creativity. We're just going through the, the Bible book by book, the New Testament, and trying to unpack it for lay readers. And so that's what we've done. And this book has so got an additional qualitatively superior element, which is Kristen's prayers. She primarily wrote the prayers, but she also completely interacted with me on the text as well, But the prayers, as I was telling you on uh, before we got on air. Uh, she has a facility for prayer. She's spirit-filled. and prayer warrior, and I just wanted the readers to benefit from her relationship to Christ and share that. And it becomes an interactive process where the reader is not only reading about the bible Bibleness and we're unpacking with commentary and insight, but also with prayer, drawing them closer to God, into Christ. Kind of exciting for me, and that element is brought into it.
0: Kristen, that leads perfectly into my first question for you, actually which is this, one of the big points in Christianity as well as one of the big points in the book is that salvation only comes through faith in Jesus. What does that mean to you? And what advice do you have for people when they're struggling with prayer, as we all do from time to time? And I think one of the things that makes prayer sometimes hard for us to do is that it really is just being able to have a conversation.
2: Understanding Jesus' resurrection is crucial to all of our salvation because as human beings, we are so flawed and fallen, and we can get caught up in the lie that uh, it's our works that get us into heaven, and um, even people who have accepted Jesus in their hearts sometimes think that if they've done something wrong, they've, they've lost their salvation. We have to understand that Jesus has paid the full price that we could never do anything to pay our way into heaven. And so just accepting Jesus's free gift to us is the first step in our faith journey. And then accepting that now that we have this identity in Christ as, as one of God's children who's been paid for by God, we need to start thinking of ourselves as citizens of heaven. And by that, I mean, we've got one foot in the world, one foot in heaven. And that segues into your question on prayer because it is hard. You're right. It can feel awkward at times. It it can feel Stilted. We think that we need, you know, fire off some beautiful monologue to God. The truth is, prayer is just a conversation. You can have this out loud, silently with God. Thinking of God as a friend rather than some way off, ethereal, distant king in the sky is the key to prayer. Remembering that Jesus knows our weaknesses. The Bible tells us that we do not have a high priest who doesn't understand our weaknesses. He went through the human experience specifically so that he would be able to understand all of the temptations and the trials that we face here on earth. So remembering that Jesus actually knows exactly how we're feeling, that Jesus created and God created the human experience, that there is nothing outside the realm of his understanding. And so just allowing ourselves to be weak and letting his strength work in our lives is so key to, to prayer and really just our conversation and our relationship with him.
0: Kristen, let me stay with you on this. What was it like to write this book and put this book together with your dad?
2: It was such an enriching and beneficial experience for me, Jason. My dad invited me about a year and a half ago to join him in his next book, and I was just so humbled and thrilled because dad had such a successful writing career, and Dad taught me so much as we research together the writing process. I mean, he's just a total machine, the way that he researches and writes books, goes through every single line countless times to make sure that it's so clear to the reader the points that we're trying to make. And so it was really an ongoing dialogue, and really we were basically doing a Bible study together. So it, it was such a cool experience, and to do it with my dad was just amazing.
0: David, when people are reading The Resurrected Jesus, what are some of the key elements, key points that they should be aware of?
1: One
2: thing is that, and this is true
1: of the whole Bible, it is about real people going through real life experiences, and in this case, real Christians Paul, the Apostle Paul, planted these churches around the Mediterranean basin. There's no quick way of travel. Plants a church, moves on, plants another, moves on. And then he hears about trouble in some of these churches. And false teachers have intruded and started preaching false doctrine about your, you mentioned earlier, salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ is the gospel. And they were polluting that by several different ways, saying it was salvation by faith plus circumcision or, obeying Jewish ritual rites. Those were the Judaizers who were doing that. They were converted Christians, but they were adding something back because of their pride or unwillingness to let go of the Jewish tradition. And Paul would say, no, it's faith alone. You can be circumcised if you want. You can adhere to Jewish dietary rules if you want, but don't you dare say that has anything to do with your salvation. It's salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're diminishing and insulting the finished work of Christ on the cross and implying that we can do something to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. The other heresies took the form usually of either denying Christ's full divinity or denying his humanity. The precursor to the Gnostic, who really came to the fore more in the 2nd century, their precursors were teaching that all material life is... uh, evil. The material world, not just life, the material world is evil. Therefore, Christ could not have been a human being. No God is going to allow us to become part evil. And so the gospel scheme is not true. And so his death on the cross was an illusion and all that. Well, you can see what kind of blasphemy that is. Uh, it negates the whole thing. If Christ didn't come to die on the cross and, and, be, and suffer and be persecuted and murdered and then experience a bodily resurrection so that we in his wake by faith in him, could also be bodily resurrected to eternal glory with him and the Father and the Holy Spirit, then the whole gospel would be nipped in an incipiency. And so Paul was very firm in his letters correcting these churches. And these letters that he wrote, he didn't know they were going to become part of Scripture. These were letters to churches. Now, he wanted them to be read by other churches usually too, but little did he know probably, and it's irrelevant whether he did or not, that you and I would be reading that Christians throughout the ages would be reading uh, these letters so that we could get guidance on instructions for Christian living and, and what true Christian doctrine is, and so I just love it that the Bible, and this is true of the old testament the the, the New Testament and Old Testament writers admit they and their and their other biblical characters were flawed, their warts and all that adds to their the credibility and their authenticity because otherwise if they just set themselves up as perfect, you'd be suspicious whether this was even true. The biblical worldview is so glorious. It's so compatible with what we know to be true in our hearts.
0: As I mentioned at the beginning, their new book is out now, recently released, The Resurrected Jesus, the Church in the New Testament. David Limbaugh, Kristen Limbaugh, Bloom, you so much for joining me on this episode of Our Faith, Our Country. Thank you, thanks Jason. Thanks so much
2: for having us, Jason.
0: Kristen, as you know, we always end the show with our guests praying us out. Go ahead.
2: Absolutely. I'd be honored. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity to join Jason. We thank you for all that he's doing for your kingdom to spread your glory. Um, and we pray that his show will continue to bless listeners and that um, our book will bless those who who come upon it and read it. And we pray that all the work that you are doing through the body of Christ will be amplified and glorified in this time and this day and age. We love you so much. We give you all the glory and we thank you for the daily blessings you give us. In your name, we pray these things. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Our Faith, Our Country podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Faith Country Pod or by searching for Our Faith, Our Country podcast. Until next time, later times, everybody. Thanks for listening to Our Faith, Our Country. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.